Welcome to Next at the Mic Radio, a lively hour of unscripted roundtable conversations with Voice America's longtime new and upcoming hosts about their inspirations, goals, and insights to help you find your own mic. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's Bonnie D. Thank you to the voice who is nameless. Let's find out from my guests who haven't been introduced yet. Was that a real human or was that an AI voice? Catherine Zox, what do you think? I would an AI voice. Okay. Jane Velez Mitchell, AI or human? I think we're all expected to say AI, so I'm going to go with human. Thank you very much. Kirsten Johansson, what do you think? I think it might be AI. Okay. That voice was put together, studied, and cued, and done all kinds of massage by Robert Cialino, who's the general manager of Voice America, and he worked on it for months, and I approved it. We haven't named the voice, so maybe at the end of the show, we'll give it a name. It is AI. It's an AI voice, and it had to just say the kicker was it had to say how those lips can talk. When it got that right, then I knew because that's an, another voiceover on one of my other radio shows. So I'm Bonnie D. Welcome very much to Next at the Mic. This is a special show I created a few months ago to spotlight the very special people who take their time, put their energy and their minds to creating radio here on Voice America. I don't put together people with the same topic and the same level of experience. We have a relative newbie. We've got a couple of veterans here. And I've been on Voice America since 2011. I've got 55 radio series. Oh, no, do you really? Yes, I do. So I love talking to smart people, and you're my smart people today. So ladies, before I do anything, I want to read a little poem that I co-versed. I like that word, Jane. I made that up. You can help me with that, okay? I co-versed this poem with ChatGPT. So ChatGPT is the AI, and I'm the human. Catherine, can I still be the human? Is that okay? That's Okay. Okay, good. I need your approval. Okay, so when I call your voice, I want you to wave or smile or do something, and I'm going to go through it. Then you'll do your own bio. So here we go. Welcome to Next at the Mic, a platform unique where Voice America hosts your interest will peak. Host Bonnie D with Passion to Wow welcomes three stars on Talk to Me Now. That's the episode title today. Catherine Zox, wave hello. A voice with depth and might. You're a social worker with a microphone shining bright. With degrees and accolades in her repertoire, a mission and a mic, her guiding star. Catherine, I hope you enjoyed that. Yes? I did enjoy it. That was great. Good. Okay. Jane Velez Mitchell, wave hello. An award-winning scribe with Unchained TV, she lets compassion thrive. A journalist, an author, animal rights, and vegan soul, her stories unfold an inspiring scroll. What do you think, Jane? I love it. I love it. Okay. And Kirsten Johansson, resilient and strong, a mentor and guide teaching right from wrong. In human-centered wellness, her wisdom flows, hosts GTO Freedom for Humans. She'll tell us about that, where inspiration grows. Kirsten, I hope you will like that one. Thank you, Bonnie. Awesome. You're welcome. So let me finish this poem. Listen, watch, add delight to your day as Bonnie D's scarlet mic leads the way. Next at the mic where voices soar, a symphony of inspiration. Hear radio's wisdom roar. So ladies, do we get a thumbs up for the for the opening? What do you think? Thumbs up? Catherine? Oh, we got two from Catherine. Okay, good. I've been doing this for all my shows. I have a technology revolution show. I have creativity show, Read My Lips. And I do a show for my client, Rising Evolution, The Future-Proofed Enterprise. And on all of those shows, I use a verse from ChatGPT and me. 
and they're getting very popular. I'd like to think that's one of the hallmarks of the show. So ladies, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's go through and get some opening bios from each of you. I'd love to hear who you are. We don't want just what your radio show is. Of course, we want to know, but your origin story. How did you start on radio? Catherine Zox, I'm putting you on speaker view. Tell us who you are and welcome. Well, I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. And I I actually, I think I, I began radio. I started talking when I was five. I was in <laughs> shows and acting. And you know what? Everyone always told me that I talked too much. My, you know, I, I would sit at the dinner table. I was the troublemaker. I was the one that, you know, started talking about topics I wouldn't want to talk about. Uh, the Vietnam, yeah, I, I'm not getting into politics, but the Vietnam War and, and premarital sex and all those issues, which was kind of a prelude to becoming a social worker as well. But anyway, I kept talking. Don't tell Catherine anything because she'll tell her five best friends. But I continued to talk. And I ended up in high school and in boarding school. I was on the debating team. I ended up being captain of the debating team. I ended up being in a lot of plays, uh, which I did when I also when I, when I got to college, I did the same thing. So I was always talking. I was always in shows. I was always, uh, as I, I got a degree in social work and I did social work, uh, hands-on social work actually at a huge rehab hospital in New Jersey for 10 to 12 years and dealt with all kinds of social work issues and social workers deal with all, you know, all kinds of personal issues and, uh, I worked with people with disabilities, uh, addiction, drugs, marriage, you name it. And I did it and always liked connecting with people and uh, like wanting to hear their stories. And uh, so that was sort of the beginning, maybe, as uh, as my career evolved um, at age 50, I decided and I was doing actually uh I was doing shows. I was doing uh, dinner theater shows and I was doing commercials for uh, Time Warner, Time Warner Cable. They were regional commercials. I was doing voiceovers like PSAs for free. I would always use my voice and my social work skills. I, I combined the two and that's how I became very passionate about doing radio. I would do, I did, and I think that's in my bio that I sent to you, Bonnie. I used to mm -hmm. do recordings for the blind and dyslexic. I would, and I was coming back from a show that I had done and I was with a fellow actor and he said to me, you know, Catherine, he said, you have a really good voice. He said, you, there is a, public radio station that reads the newspaper to people who are print disabled. And that's what I do. And it's a two hour program. You do it for free and you and I would be on the program together. So that was the first time I'd actually been on radio. And that first show when I did it, I said, Oh my God, this is, this is great. I mean, this is what I want to do. I love it. And so that was kind of the beginning of me wanting to get into radio seriously. So then anyway, I went back to school. Uh, there was, I was in Albany, New York. I go back and forth from Albany, New York to New York City now. And in Albany, there was a, a program for a certificate program for radio. And it was, you know, I, I didn't, so I joined that program. There were like five of us in the program, got my certificate, started, went in the basement of my house and decided I'm going to do a radio show. And I used to 
I sent out a CD and I got uh, accepted at this radio, the smallest radio station in Albany. And I was on like five days a week. I actually used to drive my, <laughs> my, my guests from Albany to the radio station because you know, I was, and, and, you know, driving them around, you know, making sure that they got there. You're talking about being on time. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that they got, to, I was terrified, but anyway, I graduated and I did, you know, several little radio stations. And then when they called me about voice American, I thought, I think this is kind of the wave of the future because then you can, you know, you have access to the world, right. It's a whole global thing. And, um, one thing about radio is that it's not, I mean, I feel that, I mean, I interview people from a social worker's perspective and I am not, it's easy. I think I, I do a pretty good job of being able to address the tough questions because the, the kinds of question, you know, the mental health kinds of questions, which I hear is a trend actually for uh, uh, radio and podcasters in the future, mental health. Um, and so I sort of have that, I think, unique quality to be able to do that. But um, I've interviewed thousands and thousands of guests, and it's actually been a more of it's also been a personal journey, not just me interviewing the experts or me interviewing, getting people to tell their stories. But it's helped me grow as a person. I'm a better mother. I'm a better grandmother. I'm a better person. I'm a better neighbor because I have all these experiences. I think to myself, when would, how many meetings would I have had to go to or cocktail parties to talk to thousands and thousands of people? I, I, you know, that kind of an opportunity. And it's, it, it changed me. It's transformative. I think it's also been transactional. That's not such a popular word, but that's okay. Uh, you know, I grew and I hope my audience grew and the people that I'm interviewing grow. Um, I think one of the most complimentary things that I get when I do a show and someone says to me, you know, no one's ever asked me that question before. And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, that really makes me feel good because it, they're thinking about something in a very different way that they had, you know, that they hadn't thought about it before. And, and, and so am I. So it's, it's this kind of like, this is another piece to radio. I think that Catherine, it, I tell you what, I want you to save that other piece to radio when we get into the round table okay, for the discussion, right. because I know you have so much to share. Right. I want to make sure we do that in the round table. I can't I have, stop talking. <laughs> I have to compliment you, Catherine. That was one of the most interesting origin stories I have ever had from a guest on all of my shows. I well, really you. appreciated it very, very much. You, you just, you just gave us the whole, the whole ball of wax, as they say. Thank you, very, very nicely done. And I'm, Thank you, I'm very flattered you accepted the invitation. You have been at Voice America longer than I have. You're about 17 years. I'm 12 years and counting. So I, I appreciate, uh, appreciate your bringing all your expertise. Thank you, Catherine. So much more to hear from you later. Jane Velez Mitchell, you're up next on deck. I'm putting you on speaker view. Let's hear from you origin story, please. Go ahead, Jane. Well, I was born and raised in New York City, midtown Manhattan, right across from Carnegie Hall, as a matter of fact, and uh, went to NYU. I was always a protester, even in high school. Nothing much has changed. So I was interviewed a few times. I decided to major in broadcast journalism. Then when I graduated, I started in Fort Myers, Florida, which was a great market. Wow. In a beach town in the 70s, what could be better? Then I went to Minneapolis, almost froze to death, but great people. 
Uh, then Philly, then back to my hometown, New York, where I worked at WCBS-TV as a weekend anchor and reporter for eight years. Then I'd had enough of the cold there and the terrible crime stories I was covering. So I got out to L.A., which I this is where I am right now. The beach is right stone's throw away, and I never take it for granted. And I worked at KCAL-TV. Uh, Disney had owned that, started a whole new channel, basically reinvented it. And I worked there for 12 years. It was fantastic. Then I left that and worked at Celebrity Justice, which was a syndicated tabloid show, kind of a precursor to TMZ, run by the same folks. And uh, then I ended up covering the Michael Jackson trial, which was, I guess you might call my big break. I was on Larry King Live and I was filling in and uh being Nancy Grace's reporter for the whole trial, which was a life-changing experience. And after that show ended, I started filling in for Nancy and when she was on vacation. And then all of a sudden, I got a call one morning. They said, would you like your own show on CNN Headline News? I said, sure. They said, we'll call it Issues with Jane Velez Mitchell. I said, great, because I've got a lot of issues. And so I moved back to my hometown. CNN at the time was at Time Warner Center, uh, Columbus Circle, which is literally a block and a half from where my mother lives. So I moved back in with mom. And uh, I had that show for about six years. Now, over the course of that career, I, uh, 20, well, God willing, 29 years uh, ago, let's say 28 and change, I got sober. I came out as gay. And I also became a vegan and uh, became an animal rights activist. So when I got the show, I said, would you mind if I did a little animal segment once a week? And they thought about it. They said, we think that's okay. They probably thought I was going to do pet adoptions. Well, I did, but I also did really hardcore activism showing people what really is going on behind closed doors at these massive factories that produce a total of 80 billion animals every year. Uh, I know we have to keep it upbeat, but you know, more animals die in one day uh, for food than all the humans killed in all the wars in the course of human history. So it's a very big problem, and it affects climate change, habitat destruction, wildlife extinction, human world hunger, preventable human lifestyle diseases, pandemics, everything. Everything in our society is affected by this one underlying uh, issue that nobody wants to talk about, the really inconvenient truth. So to their credit, they never stopped me for five, for six years. Every Friday, I did my animal rights segment and we won quite a few awards and that show wrapped up. It was a good run, about six years. At that point, I said, well, I've spent all these years, you know, being given assignments. I want to be my own assignment editor. So I started uh, basically what became Unchained TV. So we've just entered our 10th year now as a nonprofit media outlet and um, we cover stories that don't get covered anywhere else. Um, and so I'm very grateful to Voice America Radio for allowing me the platform because believe it or not, the subjects and the conversations we have cannot happen on advertiser-based mainstream media. They will not allow it, okay? So the New York Times recently had a story that said an Oxford University study concluded that heavy meat eaters who switch to a plant-based diet can reduce their greenhouse gas emissions by 75 percent. If you think about that, that is a solution to climate change. If we all on the planet reduced our greenhouse gas emissions by 75 percent, guess what would happen? <laughs> we would reverse climate change. Do you think one other news outlet picked that up? And it wasn't even prominently featured in the New York Times. It was a great article, but it was kind of buried, you know, right under the chicken recipes. And so 
we, of course, are able to really have those crucial discussions. And, you know, it, it reminds me of the show Don't Look Up. I don't know if you've seen that show. It was a great movie with Leonardo DiCaprio where they're trying to wake the world up that there's a meteor coming, which is a metaphor for climate change. And they go on this morning show and they're like, the meteor's coming. We've got to do something. And the the host says, you know, please, you're very strident. This is a lighthearted morning show. And they're like, but you don't understand. <laughs> the meteor's coming. So it's the same thing. It's like this selective indignation. It's like, why are you so strident? Oh, why do you make me feel bad about my choices? It's like, if you go into somebody's house and it's on fire and you shake them and say, your house is on fire, do you expect them to say, you know, you're so strident, chill out. All right. So that's where we are. You know, I will talk to anybody about this issue because every single person who has that light bulb moment go, boom, oh my God, I get it now. They have the capacity to be really part of the solution. So that's pretty much it. We now have a streaming network. Uh, the Samsung TV behind me uh, has uh, one of our new shows, which is called At Home with the Jenner, starring Brandon Jenner and his wife, Kaylee Jenner, who are plant-based. He is uh, famous from Keeping Up with the Kardashians and mm -hmm. uh, various other shows. We were just featured in People Magazine uh, for a six-page spread uh, on the show. And so there's a, there's a lot of excitement now when you say, well, wait, you said you can't talk about it, but it's a, you got a six page spread in people. Thank you, people. That was wonderful. But that's not about the issues. That was a great article. And we applaud that and are thrilled and excited about a famous couple who, who are cooking plant based. So, yes, we do by hook or by crook in any way we can to get this crucial information out there, because seriously, the the survival of the human race, our planet will survive us, <laughs> but the survival of the human race depends upon us uh, understanding uh, what this what this habit is doing to us. Thank you, Jane. I have a question for you. Do you ever sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I slept about five hours last night, but I usually wake up like. Okay. What do I, I have I to do next? The, the brain is moving all the time. I can tell. Are you a coffee person? Are you allowed nicotine yes. or? Okay. I, I, I've given up so much. I've given up alcohol. But I've given coffee. up smoking. I've given up. Obviously, I would not want to ever eat animals or their byproducts, but I haven't quite gotten to coffee yet. Sorry. I had a feeling that no, no, sorry at all. You're <laughs> entitled. Thank you very much. Kirsten Johansson. We're so happy to have you here. You've been on Voice America a little over a year. We're delighted. I'm so thrilled you accepted the invitation. Let's hear who you are. Go ahead and welcome. Well, hello. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, just as an aside, I gave up coffee about mm, six or seven days ago. So it's uh, it's fresh. Well, your microphone is making up for what you lack in nicotine. Go ahead with that gorgeous blue Yeti. Kirsten, go. Okay. Um, so about two and a half years ago, uh, I was about 50. I heard uh, Catherine talk about being 50. Uh, I left my healthcare job. I worked in uh, corporate uh, healthcare administration. I've been doing that a long time. Um, and I left it. And uh, I took a few months to figure out what I really wanted to do because I wasn't planning to leave. Um, but I found myself uh, having lost my sense of belonging there. Um, it was actually the job I thought I would retire in. Um, I had a path forward and a promotional path forward. And 
Um, I loved it for so many years. And then I did some really deep work on my own self. And what I didn't expect to happen was that I would no longer belong at my job. Um, But that is what happened. And so when I experienced that and I tested the waters a bit to see, oh my God, like, is this really what's happening? Yes, this is really what's happening. Um, I left uh, without without a plan, Mm -hmm. without a new job. I felt I could feel that I needed to go. Um, You know, I've been in, you know, in leadership a long, long time and have seen many, many people exit, but they waited too long, sometimes a year or two too long. And I've watched them suffer and watched everyone around them suffer. Mm -hmm. And I cared so much about everything that I had done there and contributed and all the people that I worked with that I just, I went quickly. So there I was, um, the first time ever in my life, uh, because I just been working. I've been working uh, for 30 years. And so I took a few months and um, I, what emerged was that I wanted to write. I wanted to tell stories using my actual voice. I love to tell a story. Um, And I wanted to use my experiences to help other people. I've had a sort of a strange life as we all have, a challenging life as we all have. And I I tend to have the ability to use those challenges um, to connect with and help other people. So I knew that I wanted to do that as well. Now, I wasn't sure how all that was going to look or play out. And in the midst of it all, um, I realized a dream, which was to begin living part of my time internationally. And so I I triggered all these contingencies all at one time. Um, I changed my entire life, basically, from top to bottom, inside to outside. And so, um, you know, a number of months later, there I am sitting in Malta. And I'm, I'm, I'm in Malta and, you know, I'm, I'm developing a coaching business and I'm writing and I'm, I'm voice recording the writing and putting it on the website because I want to tell stories with my voice. And I figure, well, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and do that. And I don't know what, how it's all going to turn out. And I get a call from, from an executive producer um, at Voice America asking me, you know, they found me, um, I think through my website potentially and I'd done a little bit of other radio um, through my work uh, before. And uh, when I met with her, I I realized that I could do all those things that I wanted to do. I could write, I could tell stories using my voice, and I could use my experiences to help other people. And I thought, what a dream. And so I said, yes, and here I am. Tell us the name of your show. And I host uh, GTO, Freedom for Humans. On uh, Voice America Variety. What does GTO stand for? Giraffe, Tango, Octopus. How did you come up with that? We all want to know. I can see Catherine saying, what? That's a different Uh kind of a Catherine. And I'm saying, what? And Jane saying, seriously? Okay. What is is that? Um, Well, what it is was in those months where I allowed myself to be completely myself with no judgment, no restrictions, no limitations. No, you have to make it look like this or 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 be like that. I just let it all sort of bubble out of me. And what came out was I'm a tall, lanky person. <laughs> um, and so I sort of move around the world like a friendly giraffe. And that's how kind of how people interact with me. Like if I'm in a foreign country and I look like I'm struggling, which sometimes I do, Often people will come up to me and ask me if I need some help. So I think I, I sort of look like this sort of friendly giraffe-like person. And inside, I'm really a solitary octopus. 
And where did the tango come from? Well, I merged all the, I merged it together. I dropped the self-hating perfectionism. I dropped all the judgment. I dropped the pretense. I dropped the image. I dropped the idea that I had to look a certain way and be a certain way and do certain things and all that stuff. And so that was my way of expressing that if you just take your whole self and all of its crazy parts and put it together, because you a tango requires, you know, heart to heart, yes, you know, moving together in yes. unison in a synchronized way. So really, it was my way of expressing um, sort of each of our unique beings uh, without you, any limitation. Two, two sentences. What do you talk about on your show? I talk about silencing the inner critic and accepting oneself unconditionally, no matter what. Thank you. Very what a potpourri of of topics we have here. Very interesting. I don't put people together on these shows, on my creativity show with this, who are matched. I think I said that earlier. I like to hear the different stories, the different perspectives, and how you all came together. Uh, my story, just very briefly, is I um, was working for a big software company, business software, and I had the idea to start a thought leadership roundtable business conversation show. I called Voice America. I, Catherine, you'll appreciate this. I called Jeff Spinard, the late great gentleman who left us too soon, too tragically, a couple of years ago. I picked up the phone and called him. And I said, hi, Jeff. My name is Bonnie. I work at SAP. And he said, I don't know you, but I know the company. Keep talking. And I said, would you help me put together a business roundtable talk show? And he said, keep talking. And we cooked something up. And I went back to my manager and said, I want to start a radio show. And she said, what? I was the only one out of about 100,000 people in the company who were doing this. One show turned into 48 different series over 11 years. They keep, People kept coming and saying, we want to do another show. In the cloud with Game Traders, Coffee Break with Game Traders, the future of manufacturing, the future of utilities, the future of HR, women in technology. And it just kept blowing. But So my story is different from some of yours because I called Voice America. And the miracle, and you know this, Catherine, is that Jeff picked up the phone that day. A very busy man. So that's how my, that's how I came to Voice America. I went to them and said, I want to be part of this. And here we are. So I'm beyond thrilled to have the three of you. I appreciate who you are. I love the, now people use the word authenticity. I gave that up. Jane, I gave up meat about 40 years ago, just so you know. So I'm not contributing to greenhouse. Yes, yes, I know. So, um, but the point is that I don't say authentic. I say real deal. Catherine Zox, you're the real deal, hyphenated. Jane Velez Mitchell, you're definitely the real deal. And Kirsten Johansson, how dare you say you've been doing something for 30 years? Does everybody think she's about 22, 29? <laughs> what do you, how, how could you possibly, anyway, I don't want to get into compliments here. It's not fair. Uh, I think you're all wonderful. So now let's go to the part of the show where I've asked you to send me a quote from a fictional character in a movie or TV show or a song lyric that does not have the word radio in it. And you're going to tell me what it has to do with what you do. And let's keep this to about three minutes apiece. So Catherine Zox has sent a, oh my goodness, she sent a quote from a song called End of the Line, 1988 by the Traveling Wilburys, British American super group from 1988 to 1991. Let me read you who was in the group. Bob Dylan, if that wasn't enough, George Harrison and Jeff Lynne and Roy Orbison and Tom Petty. It's a roots rock band described as perhaps the biggest super group of all time. And they dedicated this song to Roy Orbison after he passed away in 1988. Fascinating bio. And they all have pseudonyms and fake names. And it was really, really cool. Here's the line Catherine picked. Well, 
It's all right, even if you're old and gray. Well, it's all right. You've still got something to say. Oh, Catherine, tell us, what does this have to do with your, your show? <laughs> well, I think I'm the oldest one on this show. Let's put it that way. And, and one of the things I'm going to just, you said I could continue a little bit with the first part of the show. Yep. I think one of the things about radio, I have been so passionate about it, what kind of ties into all of this is that you really aren't seen. You can be old and gray. And I had to do this show and now I'm on video and I don't usually do a video because anytime I've had to do anything on stage, I've got the makeup and you've got the hair person and I couldn't even get my hair cut and colored today. And I was like, oh my God, you know, like I have to be on the show. I'd rather just, you know, I like it when no one can see me, but they can hear me. But anyway, but you're perfect. Uh, you're perfect. You're perfect. Right, okay? Kirsten? Well, Kirsten? She's perfect. Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, We've just voted you perfect. Go ahead. Thank Kevin. you. Thank you. But I, well, first of all, Bob Dylan, I love him and I always have, you know, and I, um, you know, he's one of my favorites, but anyway, so the traveling Wilburys, I, uh, that particular ageism, I think is, is one of the topics. And I was going to read this to you because ageism is actually one of the most, uh, I'm going to read this. This is from the American Psychological Association is one of the last socially acceptable prejudices, and psychologists and social workers and people in the field are working to change that. And actually, I think I've been reading that that's actually one of the trends in terms of podcasting, mental health and discrimination and uh, ages, people discriminating against age as you get older and the population is living much longer. And what do you do with old people? And how do you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How do you connect them? And uh, and I, I think that even, I, I mean, I experience it very often. I mean, people will say things to me that uh, my girlfriend, uh, I'm like trying to change restaurants, one restaurant at a time. Every time I go into a restaurant, I went into a Starbucks in the grocery store and the, the young girl, she's, well, she wasn't that young, she's probably 30 years old. And she says to me, "How? what would you like or something like that. What do you want, young lady? And I thought, you know, I'm not a young lady. That's kind of really, it's disparaging. I'm, I'm an older lady and I have a lot to offer and a lot to say. And I say a lot and I say it every day. Anyway, I said, well, I'm, I'm not a young lady. And she said, oh yeah, you're as young as you feel. And I said, not really. I said, and I, I, I didn't want to get into it with her too much, but I thought this is really not the way to talk to me. It's really not. Anyway, so I went and reported her to the... <laughs> to the manager or whatever. And my girlfriend said, how could you do that? I said, I don't want her to lose her job, but I think you have to train people so that they are respectful to people to all ages, not just old people or to older people. Uh, that's just one example. It happens all the time um, until they hear my voice, until they hear what I have to say. But I've noticed that over the past, let's say five years. And so, th- and I'm thinking, this is what I want to focus on probably on my show, because my show, I talk about all kinds of topics and I, uh, it's kind of selfish because I just want to hear what everybody has to say. And I want to engage on all of those different kinds of topics. It's not really focused. And so I thought this is something uh, I'm kind of looking towards the future in terms of how I want to uh the mission of my show and maybe, I don't know, add an additional show. I, I'm not sure, but I think age ageism is definitely one of the, the topics I want to address. And I know what, you know, uh, and what I've done is uh, my experience is, and I wrote this on my bio when you asked for a 
bios, Bonnie, is that I, I connect with old with younger people all the time. I'm very involved at the university at Albany. I started the Social Workers Radio Talk Show at the university at Albany and helped train social workers, students, to talk on the radio and to be able, because social workers traditionally have not done that. Psychologists have, coaches have, like Kirsten, uh, but not social workers. They've kind of always been in the background. And so teaching social workers how to present their message in terms of what they do or reaching audiences, being able to be on the radio, being able to connect with people. Uh, I, the, uh, the public is the client. Mm-hmm. And that that was sort of our, I guess, mantra for this the social workers radio talk show. So teaching these students that the public is and that they can talk, they can get out there. They have a lot to say, but they do have to be trained. And so we started not only did I start the, uh, the radio talk show, but also uh, classes so that the that would be part of the classroom experience for social workers at, uh, at the university. Um, and, and that's ongoing. And I think it was actually one of the first radio talk show, the podcast for social workers. I think maybe there was one other, but this was the second one. Uh, and this was 10 years ago. That's a great contribution, Kathy. Yeah. And I'm sure so, they appreciate it and give it, giving a voice. Giving isn't, a voice. Yeah. Isn't that what we do? We're giving, yeah, a, voice. giving a voice. Exactly. Our opinions, our POV, and our guests as well. Thank you very much. And by the way, when somebody says, hello, young lady, or would you like this? I usually get that from a man. So, yes, it's, oh, it's always from a man. Always I just, from yeah, a man. Always from a man. <laughs> just wanted to add that. Thank you. Let me move on to Jane Velez Mitchell, your quote. I want to sing this the worst way, but I'm not going to. His song is from The Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell. What a classic, Jane. 1970 on the album Ladies of the Canyon. It's written, composed, and originally recorded by, recorded by Joni Mitchell. Number 14 in her native Canada, number 6 in Australia, 11 in the UK. It only made number 67 in the U.S. in 1970, but was a bigger hit later on. Uh, she wrote this following in a 1996 interview. Joni Mitchell said, I wrote Big Yellow Taxi on my first trip to Hawaii. I took a taxi to the hotel, and when I woke up the next morning, I threw back the curtains and saw these big, beautiful green mountains in the distance. Then I looked down, and there was a parking lot as far as the eye could see, and it broke my heart. This blight on paradise. That's when I sat down and wrote the song. So here you go. And the line is, they paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Jane, three minutes. Go. Tell me what this has to do with what you do. Well, uh, Unchained TV, which is our global streaming network, by the way, it's 100% free. I do not take a salary. Uh, I actually also donate to keep it going. And uh, we rely on monthly donors and other donors. And anybody can download it. Uh, You can download it right on your phone, completely free. Just go to the App Store and put in Unchained TV, one word. You can download it on a Samsung Smart TV or if you have an Apple TV device, a Roku device, or an Amazon Fire Stick, you can put Unchained TV in and it pops right up. And you know what we cover is the fact that uh, we are giving planet Earth a buzz cut. And the primary reason is not to create cities, is not to um, create parking lots, but it's to uh, clear land to grow crops to feed the 80 billion animals we raise and kill for food every year, and also to provide grazing land for them. We know that the Amazon rainforest is being destroyed And they say logging. Logging is actually a byproduct. The primary reason is to create agricultural land and grazing land for cattle. So we are paving paradise across the board around planet Earth. 
And the thing is that trees absorb carbon. They use photosynthesis to uh, grow. And so that's one of the main uh, ways that Mother Nature combats climate change by absorbing the trees, absorbing all the carbon while we have erased all those trees. So one of the benefits of going vegan is that if we all went vegan, we all cut out meat and dairy, which is liquid meat, we would be able to reforest a great, great percentage of arable land on this planet. And those trees would be able to absorb carbon and we would immediately begin to reverse climate change. Now, you're probably thinking, well, why don't we hear about this? All we hear about is fossil fuels. The United Nations, way back in 2006, did a report that's on the internet called Livestock's Long Shadow that laid out that animal agriculture is responsible for more greenhouse gas emissions than all transportation combined. It's right there on the internet, but they don't talk about it. Why? Look at the advertisers, fast food and pharmaceuticals. And the pharmaceutical industry and the fast food industry are like that because people wouldn't eat all those pills if they were eating a healthy diet filled with fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains. You don't see commercials for apples or carrots or broccoli on television. And so uh, there's not really uh, a reason to cater to those industries. They're catering to the fast food industry, which is primarily meat and dairy. So um, that's why we say you're paving paradise and putting up a parking lot, but it's it's really worse than that. You're paving paradise and barreling toward a climate apocalypse. Um, and, you know, we're just in the appetizer phase. We've already seen the extreme cold. Uh, I live right here at the beach and, you know, I've lived here for 32 years. It's only in the last couple of years I've started worrying about rising sea levels. And you're going to see a large swaths of coastal areas around the, the United States and the world uh, become less and less habitable. It's already happening in you know, certain Caribbean nations and, and the Keys. And uh, even here, just the, uh, a couple of weeks ago in uh Couple of counties up, there were houses swept away by the uh, by the waves. So Mother Nature is sending us a message, and there is some easy thing that we can all do, and and it's like it's so easy. You talked about Starbucks just two days ago. I was at a Starbucks protest. Starbucks has become arguably one of the top purveyors of dairy because kids aren't drinking milk the way they did with Leave It to Beaver, and yet they charge extra for plant based milks even though, according to the National Institutes of Health, 67% of the population experiences lactose malabsorption, which basically means most people are allergic to dairy, particularly people of color and the global majority. So they claim to be sustainable. They also claim to be inclusive. And yet they're punishing people who want to choose milk that doesn't make them sick. Wow. Wow is right. I'm a big milk drinker, Jane. Mm. Go go to that soy milk or oat milk or rice milk okay. or hemp milk or I will. Oh, there's so many others. Thank you. Kristen Johansson waiting in the wings. Your quote is from a song. We got three songs today. This is unusual. Usually I get some movie and TV quotes. Uh, this is from the song Burning of the Midnight Lamp, 1967, recorded by the English American rock trio, The Jimi Hendrix Experience. It was written by frontman Jimi Hendrix, we all remember him, and produced by band manager Chaz Chandler, featuring R&B group Sweet Inspirations on the backing vocals. Uh, Hendrix commentator Harry Shapiro and Caesar Glebeck 
described burning of the midnight lamp as introspective and melancholy. And they quoted Jimi Hendrix. There are some very personal things in there, but I think everyone can understand the feeling when you're traveling that no matter what your address, there is no place you can call home. The feeling of a man in a little old house in the middle of a desert where he is burning the midnight lamp. You don't mean for things to be personal all the time, but it is. And here's the line, five little words Kirsten picked from the lyrics of the song. Loneliness is such a drag. Kirsten, what does this have to do with your radio work? Go ahead. Well, loneliness is a drag. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I am observing and have been through myself is as the world continues to turn and technology continues in the direction that it is and the effects that we've all experienced from the pandemic, um, there seems to be a tremendous amount of loneliness and separation and distance and difficulty connecting. Um, and so one of the things that keeps connection from happening is the way one feels about themselves. So if I don't feel good about myself, if I'm judging myself and I'm fearful, um, then I'm not good enough to be accepted over there, then why would I go over there and talk to those people and connect with those people and see if maybe, you know, there's a future there for me to ha to build some relationships the art of building a, an in-person relationship or even, um, you know, through technology, right, Re relationships with people is starting to, in a way, slip away from us, um, I believe, because there is so much asynchronous availability kind of in self-service availability, which is great in many ways, right? It it allows us to progress in some other ways, but the human human connection piece, um, I feel begins to suffer. And so I really wanted to create a show where we could tell stories that highlighted that um, you can, from the inside, build a relationship with yourself and get at the heart of where the loneliness starts. It isn't exactly about surrounding yourself with other people. Of course, we need to be connected with other humans. We really, really do for a million different reasons. But by working on ourselves first and basically being cool with ourselves and realizing there is absolutely nothing wrong with us. There's nothing wrong with us ever, no matter what. It allows us to really get out there in the world and make our unique contribution and connect so that we don't have to be lonely because we don't have to be lonely. Thank you. The Blue Yeti has spoken. I appreciate that. You're very <laughs> polished, isn't she, Catherine and Jane? You're very polished and poised, Kirsten, for a relative newcomer to radio. I'm very impressed. You you have a way of, of phrasing and of presenting yourself and your ideas with a lot of confidence. So I can tell you've done the work that you're talking about to be that person. So thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So ladies, we have to keep the next segment to two minutes apiece. And I'm gonna, you're going to see me doing this in the background. So I'm, I'm not cutting you off, but we got to keep it real tight. I'm going to pick one discussion statement from each of you. And I want to know what it means to you, to your show, to anything. Catherine Zox, I'm picking your statement number four. I will read it. You do not need to find it. You say radio's future. We're talking about radio today. Radio's future as a communications venue. It's about connection, immediacy, and the host's personality. I was very happy to see that in there, Catherine. Tell us, two minutes, go. Well, you listen, I mean, I don't know though, how many 
podcasts are there. I looked it up before I got on the air, but now I can't find my, well, how many, I mean, there are millions, right? And there are a lot of people doing podcasting and they have a lot to say and they might have a, a good uh, agenda, but they don't have the personality. I think the personality so that people will listen to you, you know, your information might be great, but not necessarily, you may not necessarily be the person who should be a podcaster. Uh, <laughs> because I, I, I mean, I, I'm always listening to other people because I sort of want to, I, I find that interesting. I mean, it helps me to, to grow. <laughs> You're laughing at me. <laughs> I'm laughing with you. I'm laughing yeah, with you. Laughing you. I'm laughing with you. But it's true. Um, yeah, so it's really important to have. It's important to have the information. It's, and if you're interviewing people, it's important to have the experts and the guests, or the people who want to tell their stories, and you help them to tell their stories in the best way that they can tell their story. But you kind of have to have the personality to do that as well. And yes. there are. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, that's, I guess that, that's um, one of the reasons. But anyway, the future, you're talking about the future of podcasting, the yes. future of radio. I like to listen. I am not one necessarily to watch videos. And I'm thinking, I like to listen to people. I listen to Audible mm-hmm. all the time. I've gotten into, you talk, you know, digital mm-hmm. books and stuff. And I'd rather listen to the person. I really don't want to see them. I want to hear them. And then I focus. Sorry, on Catherine. Them. What? I said, sorry, we're on Zoom. Right. <laughs> I'm telling yeah, but I do want to hear them. I do want to hear what they have to say. And it's the same with rate. It's the same with podcasting. Actually, I shouldn't say that, but um, it's, I really, the voice and how it's said and the presentation. And so I think that the audible, the radio uh, podcasting, uh, I, I mean, I think it's here to stay. I think it's, it's, I think you're right. Going in different directions. I mean, how, do I have enough time left or am I over? 30, 30 seconds. Okay. And I got to go, go to Jane. Go ahead. Okay. Because we're doing uh, also, I think one of the trends that I've read about is this kind of edutainment. It's yep. education, but it's entertainment. Yep. And so, yeah. And so, and that's kind of very different than just doing an educational show or just an entertainment show, putting the two together. I like that. Thank you. Very well done. I'm glad you brought up personality. It's something we don't we don't talk about much, but we all think it, don't we? All right. Good. Well, I said it. Damn, do I have to listen to that? The reason I went to yeah. Zoom on my shows was I do a special on my Technology Revolution show every year, and I was having 15 people in one hour giving three minutes of predictions. Can you imagine doing that on the phone? So my engineer, we had it, they they signed up in 14 minute blocks, th- four people per 14 minutes, and three in the last one. So my engineer was okay. He would say Kirsten and Jane and Kat. Catherine and Bob are here. Okay. And I'd start the show and I'd say, okay, Kirsten, you got two minutes. Okay, Jane. We do it. And then he, I say, bye everybody. And they, we kick them off the phone lines and we bring in the next four. And he'd say, Mary isn't here yet. Oh, shit. All right. I'll keep somebody else. I did 15 people in an hour and I had to tell from listening, Catherine, when they were in the, at the end of a sentence or a semicolon. I've done this. On, and then when Zoom came, I said, hallelujah, we're going to see my guests talk and think. And then live streaming came. And I said, well, let me share my beautiful guests with the world. Yeah. Thank you. Let me move on. Jane, I'm picking a little bit from your statement number four. Two minutes. Keep it tight. You say, I also try to make my shows opinionated. I ask questions of the guests, but I often frequently and repeatedly interject my own opinion and offer suggestions about whatever the issue or societal problem we're discussing. Two minutes, Jane, go. Well, uh, we have controversial topics that we talk about. And 
Uh, if you're just doing straight Q&A, you're basically a passive, you, know, you could be AI or you could be a list of questions. So just as uh, Catherine said, it's really about personality. And if you look at the top TV shows, it's all about the personality of the host. And sometimes you love to hate them, too. Like there's people you love to love, but there's also people you love to hate. I may have been one of those people. <laughs> um, so I, first of all, can't help but in interject my uh, opinions. It's uh, perhaps mm -hmm. in the hard drive. I, I can't iron it out. But uh, I think it also makes for a more interesting show. We were just doing a show the other day uh, where we were talking about Adidas being a pretty much one of the few holdouts now that's still killing kangaroos to sell shoes. And Nike has stopped, Puma has stopped, New Balance is stopping, and uh, there's all sorts of in-store demonstrations. And we had a member of parliament from Australia on. There is something called the Animal Justice Party now in Australia. And she was talking about the campaign, but she's a very sophisticated business-like woman. And um, we had various people on. And finally, I said, look, yeah, in-store demos are great, but I think that it's really when you it's it's unfortunate, but it's almost like a mathematical equation to get companies to act, you cannot appeal to conscience. It just does not work. So you have to get more and more aggressive with your protests, nonviolent, nonviolent. The violence is being committed against the kangaroos. We are being confrontational. Thank you. Thank you. And you know what? I, I agree with you about bringing your own opinion on your show. And I'm going to just hark back to Leslie Gore's song, It's My Party and I'll Cry If I Want To. Well, it's my radio show and damn it, I'll talk if I want to. I think I echo what the three of you were thinking. Thank you, Jane. Great point. And let's go to a statement from Kirsten, number one. And I still have a couple things to do. So as soon as you're done, we're going to dive into something else. Live radio is a collective communal experience with an energetic flow that feels different from listening to something recorded. I love this, Kirsten. Two minutes, go. Well, I was a Stern fan uh, back in the day, and I had a long commute. And I and it I looked forward to it. I it felt like I built a relationship. I think we all know what it feels like to listen to somebody on the radio and feel like you know them and look forward to them. And um, two of the crew, I can I tried to look it up before we came on so I could remember who was boxing. Uh, but he was putting on a big boxing match between uh, two of the guys. And I mean, I had been in the car listening to this for the whole run up to this boxing match. I could not have been more invested. And so I'm almost to work, but they got a late start and I could not, I had to pull over into the parking lot and be present for this big event on the Stern show. And I mean, I was yelling, I was going out of my mind in the car. So that's really what I'm, that's, that's really what I'm talking about that. You don't get that uh, from a recording that's special. I like live. I think we all do. There are risks. I think we all know that, but I think they're worth the risk. Ladies, I want to do a couple of celebrity birthdays and some things, uh, some other things. Music events. Debbie Allen, 74, dancer, choreographer, actress known for fame. What can I say? Everybody say happy birthday, Debbie Allen. Today, Sade, he's a smooth operator. I try not to sing. Sorry. She's 65. Can you believe Sade is 65? Kate Moss, fashion model. She's 50. That's our magic number tonight, Catherine. Lin-Manuel Miranda, singer, composer, rapper. He created In the Heights in Hamilton. He's 44. He's almost a grown-up human being now. 
Uh, I have two YouTube stars. I think you'll be shocked. We have a young lady named Ruby Rube, R-U-B-E. She's 18. She's a British comedy vlogger. She has a video series at 3 a.m., it's called. She only has 3.3 million subscribers on YouTube. I just wanted you to know, and she's 18. Things are changing, right? And we have a young man on TikTok who's 20. His name is Fred DeGrasse, 20. He has 2.1 million followers. He creates short-form comedy. He has a, you're going to love this, uh, Catherine, he has a relatable personality. That's why people like him. Dance videos and lip-sync videos with others. Today, in history, 1957, Little Richard recorded Lucille. Okay, I said I would sing 1988 to stay in history tina turner performed at estadio de marcada in rio de janeiro to a sellout crowd of 180,000 people she set a new record for attendance at a performance by a solo artist and in 2002 a section of interstate jane this is for you a section of interstate 80 in california was renamed the sunny bono memorial freeway okay that was today in uh january 16th holidays appreciated dragon day book publishers to have one minute left international hot and spicy food day Without meat, Jane. National Fig Newton Day, Nothing Day, Quinoa Day, Prohibition Remembrance Day, and Rid the World of Fad Diets and Gimmicks Day. That's it. January, the month of apples, apricots, artichokes, asparagus, bread machine baking month, brain teaser month, creativity month, hobby month, mail order gardening, and National Thank You Month. And I found my notes from my 2014 shows, and here's the top one from this list of top tips for women in 2014. Aspire to be Barbie. The biatch has everything. Okay, that's from Jane. You can smile now. Catherine, I'm not <laughs> sure about you. Kirsten, are you with me? Yeah, Kirsten liked that. Okay, I saved my notes. Okay, let me close the show. I want to thank Jordan. And don't go away, ladies, afterwards. I have some things to say. Jordan, my engineer, thank you so much. And here we go. Life is short. Break the rules. Isn't that true, Jane? Isn't that true, Kirsten? Isn't mm-hmm. that true, Catherine? Forgive quickly. Eh, kiss slowly. Definitely. Love truly. And ladies, join me in an uncontrollable laugh for three seconds. One, two, three. (laughs) (laughs) And never, ever, ever, ever regret anything that made you smile. Final words. Work like you don't need the money. Nobody else really cares. Dance like nobody's watching. When I was teaching disco and high heels on a Formica tabletop in a cafeteria in Eugene, Oregon, in front of 150 students, everybody waited for me to fall, and I didn't, but I had great legs, so they all watched. Sing like nobody's listening and love like you've never been hurt because we all have. Get over it. Let your heart regrow, regenerate, and love again. Money talks. Chocolate sings. La. And last but not least, I stole this line from another host many years ago. Thank you for turning me on. Bonnie D saying thank you to Kirsten Johansson. Lovely to meet you. Catherine Zox, it was about time we talked. And Jane Velez Mitchell, you're a force of nature, and that's a double entendre. Everybody wave goodbye. Wave goodbye to LinkedIn. Wave goodbye to Facebook. Wave goodbye to YouTube. Wave goodbye to Voice America. Jordan, are we done? Thanks again for tuning in to Next at the Mike Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Join host Bonnie D. again next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, we wish you a positively Mike-worthy week. 